Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. I have a couple of brief news updates for you today, and then I'm going to cover another token. But I want to kind of circle back on some previous token updates that I gave and kind of give a secondary update on those. And then uh, yesterday, I, I purposely didn't do an afternoon uh, update because nothing really happened that was worth your time. I decided to save it to today, so that's why we're here. So I'm going to cover all that, and then today there should be an afternoon update because there's still some stuff that's in flight. So let's jump right into it. First up on deck is going to be uh, SHIB. SHIB has announced, and this may or may not be legit because I didn't see anything coming from the official accounts on social media. However, there was a news article released about it, and I'm assuming that the only way this would be out there would be if there was going to be a legit burn. But they're announcing a burn um, of some of the inventory. And, of course, there's currently uh, 500 over 500 quadrillion, excuse me, 500 trillion SHIB that's outstanding. This is why I was I was kind of skeptical when the BitMart hack applied and they talked about 600 trillion SHIB, and it's like, I, I don't think that's right because the remaining inventory didn't seem to be that high. And so I, if we only have, you know, just shy of 600 trillion in, that's not in, you know, it's in circulation out there, how is it possible that there was 600 trillion sitting in BitMart alone? There's no way because... Most of the people on the other half of that, either they were burned, those tokens, their burn wallets, or their people holding it. So there's no way that there could have been a $600 trillion sitting in BitMart alone because you think about SHIBs on every single exchange. So I was skeptical of that number off scratch. I know that there were um, some messaging coming out of the SHIB team, and some of them were doing it anonymously, but apparently they were talking about burn mechanics that they were going to implement to where they were going to reduce the supply of the tokens. Now, we I don't know if it's truly going to happen. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's truly going to be a thing because they haven't outright said that they're going to burn. They're talking about these different types of applications, and then as part of the application, there might be a burn mechanic to it. So to me, there are two different things. If we are truly going to create a burn, and it's a mass-level burn, then no problem. But I, I'm skeptical that's going to be the case. It could be, but I'm skeptical of that. The next thing would be if, if it's going to be a transactional burn to these applications, that's what we have right now, and that makes all logical sense. I don't know which one it's going to be or if it's going to be either one of them. Maybe there's not going to be one. My theory, and this is only my theory, don't hold me to it, but it's a theory, is that whenever they get Shibarium out, which is a Layer 2 network, and the theory is that you'll be able to do transactions with Shib without having to worry about Ethereum, but my theory is that the Shibarium is the way that they would implement burns as part of the utilization of this, you know, utility. Basically, as transactions are conducted over it, then it'll conduct a burn of SHIB that is collected in the form of fees. That's my theory. I have no way to evidence prove or any of that stuff. ShibaSwap has some burns as part of it. So when you sign up as an, a token creator and you want to get on ShibaSwap, you have to burn. I think it's like $20,000 or something worth of shib so there's those burns but there's not like a massive swell of tokens at this point jumping at the bit to get onto shiva swap they come in like every once or so and so there's a little bit there and then there's various people like some radio dude and he's got you know tons of followers and every time you listen to a stream he'll burn a piddly amount of shib so there's there's multiple of these right these little tiny little shib burns and things the one thing i did call out which is different from my perspective versus the Imperium token, 
on Polygon is that the way SHIB burn works is sending it to a dead wallet, which, as I said before, doesn't decrease the inventory. And so I don't know if it's really going to have an appreciable impact because they're not really executing a true burn contract. This is the problem with the other tokens that are sending to this Vitalik idiot where it's not really burning anything unless you do something out on the back where you send it to a burn contract. So there's no real way to know where this is going to go and if it's going to turn into something. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like at all. But on a related note, so this is secondary news, but it relates to what Shiv's trying to do. So Ethereum 2.0 is still kind of the chattering out there as far as the way that they're going to try to hard fork this out and do an upgrade. Um, they were supposed to start doing it, start doing it um, sometime this week. Um, because it was initially supposed to be last year in December, and they had pushed it back to 2021 December. So the the chatter now is that, okay, this ETH 2.0 is now upon us. This will move Ethereum away from proof of work. It'll shift it over to proof of stake. Then there will be additional staking, uh, lower requirements. So you think about the way Binance works is very similar. Um, the way to decrease fraud, because that's a big thing in all of cryptocurrency, uh, the way to check a block availability so that you're not, this one's weird, but they're talking about ways to prevent censorship. So I don't know what that means and how it applies in the crypto space as of yet. I suspect that what he's talking about here, the this idiot, I suspect what he's talking about here is in situations where there may be communications that you don't want to necessarily have exposed through the, the public blockchain. So I talked about the obfuscation techniques that are out there. My theory is that this is talking about some form of built-in obfuscation instead of having to use a third-party tool. Like maybe he saw that, hey, this is a cool way to secure people's transactions. The positive of this, of course, is it may decrease the dusting attacks, which I haven't talked about yet. But the downside, of course, is that the government's going to, their eyes are going to peek up and they're going to start putting regulations in place. I can guarantee you they've already tried to do it with encryption in general um, but the other thing is that there were concerns about eth 20 becoming more centralized but the the reality is that when you have this much decentralization it is challenging to decrease the demand when i say demand i'm talking about the demand of the different hardware pieces that are out there doing the work proof of work and then when you do proof of stake something central has to actually prove the stake right so and the stake has to go somewhere so I think what this is just saying, hey, we come to grips with the truth that descend, and I said this in a previous, descend sounds good, but there have to be some form of centralization at levels in order to just make the thing sustainable because you, when you have it, this descent is as it is. Certain pieces can be, but then certain core components, the, fr the framework, the foundation kind of has to be centralized. The downside of this, of course, is it increases your risk because now it's a single point of failure. I think if they build it in a way where the the centralized, you know, the kind of core of it can be decentralized as needed so that it's kind of a redundancy to create some sustainability by way of, hey, if this goes down in the middle, you know, we can fall back. So if you think in terms of business continuity planning, we can fall back to the descend and they can do some functions. It'll just be degraded, but we can then roll back to the central once you fix it. That would have resolved what happened with Solana some time ago where the whole darn thing just shot down. And because of the way it was built, they didn't have a plan B. So if they were to do it in a way that the descend becomes the fallback and the business continuity plan, 
is built into it. I think that's an awesome thing. I don't know if they're thinking that far ahead. So we'll have to see what that looks like. But just the, the core of the update is that ETH 2.0 appears to be finally upon us. That's the deal. And if it is upon us, and they are on deck right now to say two days from now, we're on deck to do this thing. And when the block's going to be mined, um, they've they got a countdown and a whole nine. So from what I can tell, it's it's a go. If it truly goes, um, and when they do this schedule and the update, if it really, truly goes, it's going to be interesting to see if everything goes smooth or if it doesn't. So Ethereum may be impacted. This is a prediction, let's say. Ethereum may be impacted, at least initially. And Ethereum has a lot of transactions. So expect on the 9th, which is two days from now, as far as um, U.S. time, expect that there may be some delays in some of the transactions, is my theory. But I think the long term is to make sure that it is uh, that it's successful and that we we celebrate if and when it goes forward. Let's hope that that happens. Let's hope that we are able to make it happen without bringing down what's happening. Speeding up the transactions, transaction, speeding up the network, and optimizing gas fees. The, the gas fees is number one on the list because if you're able to get the gas fees in control and you're able to get it to where things run much more smoothly than what it's been doing, that's a win. And it will open up the door for cryptocurrency. I think it'll impact a lot. You'll have a lot more token developers that get on board. Um, you'll see a lot more projects spin up. And if they are able to do the security things they're talking about, then it kind of negates because they'll have been first before Shibarium. And then you can buy into SHIB without worrying about the gas. So then Shibarium now still has a use, but nowhere near as the urgency as it currently does. Now, for those that are trying to buy into SHIB, and you were waiting on Shibarium, I question why don't you just buy it through an exchange because it's available on every almost every exchange you can think of at this point. <laughs> so you could literally just go to an exchange, buy your SHIB, and then send it to your wallet and be done with it. You don't have to wait on Shibarium. You don't have to pay the gas fees. If, if your gas fees is the only thing holding you back is what I'm saying. And SHIB is one I would advocate that you hold because SHIB, I believe, if they're able to make the burn work, I think there's an opportunity to have a lot of cash Later, it's a long play, but later have a lot of cash. If they can get the inventory down, we've already seen that it was able to get significantly higher than where it is right now, and it was able to breach another zero, but that was under the auspices of 200 trillion lower tokens in inventory. Well, if it's true that there's close to 600 trillion that's floating out there instead of the 400 trillion, that means that all they really have to do is get rid of 200 trillion, which isn't hard. It sounds hard, but it's not. And then you'll be able to get the price right back up again. Well, if you do another $200 trillion, it'll go up again. That means that it is theoretically possible for this guy to hit a penny and possibly $0.10. Cents. So I am I am advocating that you get into SHIB and just sit on it. It's a long play. See what happens. If you're concerned about gas, just buy it through an exchange because you don't have to pay gas fees when you go through an exchange. Send it to your wallet. Don't leave it in the exchange. And then just sit on it and just wait. I do think it's worth investing in SHIB at this point. Um, I would say it's worth investing in Satama at this point. And again, I would say buy it through an exchange because gas fees will nail you on, on Satama for sure. And they have some fees built into it. So the slippage will get you. So you'll end up spending a lot more money unless you just get through an exchange. Just to deal with this until ETH comes out and see what it looks like. Like in, I can't think of any Ethereum token that's worth buying in through Uniswap or one inch or whatever rather than an exchange, unless you have no choice. 
when ETH2O happens, then we'll look at it and we'll see, okay, is this really going to be a thing? Is it going to work? Is it going to work the way we expect it to work? Is it going to be any crash and burn? Or is it going to be as stable and strong as we hope that it is? And if it is, it's great for everybody. And then I would switch my advocacy and say, now you can get it anywhere because you don't have to have as much Ethereum in the wallet in order to make it work. And hopefully the, like the mining softwares will lower their thresholds for Ethereum because it will then be cheaper to get it to you. And we can start opening this thing up for real. So that's the update there on SHIB, the Shibarium, the ETH2O update that's coming. Um, there's not a lot of traffic right now because everything's on pins and needles for ETH2O. So if you're seeing that people are kind of on a quiet scope, it's because of that. On the flip, let's talk about EarnHub, which was, again, safe earn before it transitioned. For the most part, people's coins have been swapped over. And it looks like what they've done is they've given five, they basically multiplied your whatever your bag was times five is what I can looks like it is. And so when people went in and chose a fiat, and so when you go in there, you'll have a larger bag if you had staked it on time. And then they have the Anyflect. Now, they're going to, I was looking at social media and I saw they were basically censoring posts that were calling this out, but I'm going to call it out because this is my podcast and I can do so. The Anyflect is buggy as all get out. What happens is when you go in and you select whatever your reflection token is going to be, because their any flect is that you can choose any Binance token that you want, and they have a finite list right now. But you choose whatever token you want from the list, and then you say submit, and then it does a smart contract call to approve, quote-unquote, that token for you. The problem is that when you do that, it'll take your money, but it won't actually set the, set the flag. So then when you go back in there, It'll ask you to do it again. It'll try to take more money from you, and it never actually commits. So it's buggy right now. So I would advocate that you hold off on doing the Anyflect until you get a green light that they fixed all bugs because I don't know if it's certain coins or whatnot, but it is concerning. One thing that wasn't communicated is the need for the smart contract, which I question why that's a need, frankly, because if you're just doing a reflection off a token, you shouldn't need to approve anything. Um, so it's something with the way they built it. I'm just saying from my perspective, I would hold off on touching the Anyflect until they give a green light that all bugs are fixed because there could be something with certain tokens versus others. But to test each one of them, you're going to get nailed with a fee each and every time because of the way the smart contract is built in there. And I'm happy to go ahead and transmit this off to the people on because they're only taking inquiries on Telegram, which is annoying because the whole point of having different platforms is that people should be able to communicate these problems in whatever form they're comfortable. And I will do so on Twitter regardless of their bias on Telegram, but it'll be my post so that they can't filter it and they can't delete it as what they've been doing. I will call it out as a problem until they decide to fix it because that's my job. So I'm not saying don't be interested in it. They haven't fully launched it yet for people to buy it directly, but if you were already staked in there, then it, you might check into the tool and see if your tokens have been converted. I'm just saying I wouldn't touch any flect if I were you because it seems buggy. Some people have been able to do it, but I know when I tested it, it didn't work and it took my money. So I'm saying hold off on it. Um, the other thing I would call out with this whole smart contract business, and this is mostly Binance Smart Chain, is that for whatever reason, fees seem to be sky high right now. And I don't know if it's attributable to the increase in price in the BNB token, but you know, I was seeing network fees that were at least 10 times higher than what I would expect them to be. So might be a temporary thing, could be just the morning, I'm not sure, or it could be specific to certain coins, but like even coins that I know previously were like 50 cents, I'm cool with that. They're upwards in like $3, $4, which is not going to work. 
So something's going on there. And again, could be specific toins, coins, tokens. I don't know. But something also to watch out there. And then Kishimoto. Kishimoto has released a new staking utility. And with the staking utility, what it says is that you can stake your Kishimoto, Kishimoto to earn Satama. Well, that's intriguing, right? Because you can stake your Shib, right? And you can earn Ryoshi Vision. So it's a similar thing, but the difference with this one, as far as I can tell, number one, it's on the, If I think this tool is only for the Ethereum chain. So it's a similar deal to what Shiba Swap is doing, but it's a, it's a one-to-one pair. So I don't, you know, if you're not on the Ethereum side, as I'm not on the Ethereum side, you probably aren't going to be able to use this because if it's a Binance Kishimoto, I don't see how to be able to give you an Ethereum Satama on the back end. Maybe it's able to magically do it. I haven't tested it. I'm going to be testing that today, and I'll do that on the afternoon update. But if you are on the Ethereum side with Kishimoto, it's something to look into. Address is stake.kishimotoinu.com. Check that out and see if it's worth your time. I, you know, if you're able to get Satama on the back end, I would definitely recommend that you buy into this because there's really no reason not to, especially if you're just holding your Kishimoto in the long term. Whenever you got these long plays, there's really no reason not to just stake because they're just otherwise sitting in the wallet useless for you anyway. What you want to make sure is that you're still getting the rewards that come, you know, your reflections, wallets, and stake. Some do that, some don't. I believe Kishu does, Kishimoto does. Just make sure that it does before you stake in there would be my recommendation for you. Um, and don't just jump right in there and do it without that due diligence. And then to talk about our today's underdog token, I say underdog, but it's been out for a little bit of a while, but it's an underdog in terms of, you know, compared to other tokens of comparable size and scope and scale. This one's called Ariva, A-R-I-V-A. Their address is ariva.digital. And the reason I singled out Ariva, I've done a research on Ariva for a few weeks, and this one is, it's trying to solve the main challenges inherent with global and local tourism and travel. So anybody that's traveled internationally understands the, the challenges with, you know, international payments and swift pays and all these different economic things that are problems and they make it harder to do international travel in the planning world. And then there's just the cost inherent with bookings and, and the ability to book based on not having to worry about the currency and the local, right? So what they're trying to do is they're trying to solve this problem by creating a cryptocurrency that can be used for these types of travel and booking arrangements, but also to try to solve the issue with international travel and payments across, you know, oceans and that sort of stuff. So it was an intriguing use case, meaning it has a, it's a utility. They're, they're trying to actually solve a problem. It's not like, Others where they just give you a reflection and call it a day. They're trying to actually solve a problem, and it's a very popular token. It's on the Binance Smart Chain. It looked like it had, it initially had launched roughly end of October ish, beginning of September. That's when it looks like it launched. But their website says that they're in the process of working on their own coin. I don't know what that means. I'm assuming that what they're talking about is they want to have their own blockchain where it's separate, right from the Binance Smart Chain, and they want to launch that in Q1. Um, they're looking at their own wallet like everybody else is doing. Um, they're talking about software that'll work like a point of sale. So it's it's an ambitious project, 
the problem is legit, so I'm not going to tell you that it's not worth for the utility of it. The project is legit. The website's well-designed. Um, the utility's well well put out. It's clear to understand what they're doing, and I like what they're proposing. Now, when you look at this one, you're going to see they don't have the traditional tokenomics you might expect from a token of its size. Um, currently, its total supply is just shy of $100 billion, of which there's about 65-ish billion that's circulating. Um, there is a burn mechanic that's a transactional burn, but like you're not going to get the reflections sent back to you like with other tokens of similar sizes. So there's not like the general benefits otherwise that you would have with similar types of tokens. It's, it's really more of a utility token, similar to the way Angie works. So... Don't go in looking for, okay, how many reflections will I get? You're, you're really making an investment at this point. It's be like investing in a company. And that's kind of the thought process if you look at it is treat it like you're investing with a company. Treat it like you are buying into a company and what the company's trying to do and you believe in what their, their thought process is. They do also have an equivalent token on the Ethereum smart chain. So if you are... More on the Ethereum side, you can do it there. They're listed on almost every exchange, so you can buy it on the exchange, which is what I would recommend regardless. But I'm saying for the purposes of holding in your wallet, you can hold it Binance, you can hold it Ethereum. Um, both are applicable. Just understand that again, it's not for the purposes of it's not for the purposes of getting like reflections and that kind of stuff, or seeing like, you know, ten billion burns every week or any of that. It's, it's really investing in a company, investing in the strategy that they have out there, believing in what they're trying to do. So if you do believe in what they have up there right now, I would strongly recommend you take a look at them, see if it's something that makes sense for your portfolio. When you look at their white paper, the white paper that's built um, is extensive. Um, they've put a lot of time and thought and effort into the white paper, detailing the problem. They did a very good job detailing what the issue is so you can understand Okay, here's the problem we're trying to solve. Now, the only thing I would swap on their white paper would be there's less detail than, than what I would like to see in terms of the specifics of what they're going to do to try to solve these things. Meaning that, you know, we want to see that, okay, here's the token that we created and we're going to, you know, contact these companies and we're going to set up a POS terminal for them and then they're going to, You'll be able to walk in and from your phone do that, 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 you know, like talk through exactly what you're going to do to solve it. That would be my only feedback. It's a minor thing, but I think it's important so that people understand how you're going to do what you're going to do, what you're saying you're going to do. Because the SWIFT transfer is a legit problem for international high credit card commissions. Sometimes your credit card doesn't work, right? Some credit cards don't even support international transactions. So it's clear the problem, but not necessarily the solution, if that makes any sense. Um, the solution is only talked about in, in the high-level speculative. I get it, but I think by now, you know, nearly three months after the fact, it's kind of time to dig in the weeds and start talking about really what are you doing? What are the steps that you're going to do to meet this ambition? But the fact that they're listed on almost every exchange you can think of should give you some confidence that they're legit and they're not going anywhere because it takes a lot to get on these exchanges. And they have a lot of holders. There's well over 100,000 holders. Um, so it's, it's, got, it's got momentum, strong momentum forward. So I, I have no reason not to recommend them uh, as a token, as part of a diverse portfolio at all. 
Um, if you're curious about the market cap numbers, they're just shy of 50 million on the fully diluted, which, and then the current market cap is just shy of 25 million, which means that they have room to grow on the price. Um, you can buy it in; it's got three zeros in front of it. But you know, if they're able to pull off what they're talking about, I don't see a reason this guy doesn't go over a dollar. Frankly, I'm being honest. And it's not even about the supply; it's about the popularity of a thing. Because remember, you know, Doge has essentially infinite but started with a low volume and it was able to get over 10 cents and near a dollar very close to it but it doesn't have a utility it's not it's used in terms of payments like people will take it as payments but it's not doing anything right on purpose whereas Ariva actually has a defined purpose and objective that can be used in a, a situation where there's legitimately a problem so I think it's worth looking at and make your own decision if it makes sense for you I think it's worth looking at and potentially buying in uh, as part of a diverse portfolio. Absolutely. Um, it's been audited to two different for firms rather, and it came out reasonably clean on the audit. So I have no concerns um, giving a recommendation to these guys because it seems like they did a really good job with the project and what they're trying to do. And it's unlike any other project that I've seen again, outside of Angie, Angie's the only one that seemed to have that similar type of vision as what these guys are doing. So that's Ariva, A-R-I-V-A. Um, take a look at them. Their site is Ariva.digital if you're curious. And I do recommend looking into them and see if it makes sense for you. I think it makes sense personally. Um, just it's not one of those where you're going to become a millionaire overnight. And I want to stress that five times to Sunday. It's not there for you to get super rich wealthy. It's there to have a solid project that you can buy into for the long haul that is part of a diverse portfolio so that you know, you have more structure to your portfolio because this one's not going to fluctuate significantly, I don't see. Um, it's not going to have that uh, that amount of volatility that many of the other ones have simply because it doesn't have the inventory to do it. And But it has a lot of holders and a lot of stability throughout the various exchanges. So that's what I got for you today. Uh, again, I'll circle back later in the afternoon when I get more information about what's going on. If I get some more information about ETH2, I'll cover that one. If I get more information about what's going on with Anyflect, I'll cover that one. And then SHIB, again, I don't know if there's going to be a burn or not, and I don't know where Shibarium's headed right now, but I know it's been chatted about to try to kind of correct the inventory and get now to a point where the price increases because it's been struggling recently. It's actually dropped at periods below that low, um, the original all-time high, which that means it's lost all progress, and I think they are trying to do things to correct that. So I will keep an eye on it, but I don't suspect there will be any movement in the – in this week certainly not in the near term so but that's what i got for you take a look through all that and again anybody that listens to this any of the tokens that i've talked about or in the past i don't care i want the smoke if you want to talk about it and you have something that refutes what i've seen or said and you want to correct the record please by all means i would welcome you on the show i may actually have somebody on the show here soon that's he's somewhat of a celebrity and i'm excited if i can get him on the show so that we can i can talk about um how he's the Nostradamus of cryptocurrency, as it were. <laughs>